With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, a number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. You can send messages to the show on Twitter at go for again G O F O R I T G A N T that's go for again you can hit me up on Twitter follow me on Twitter I'll follow you back and you can also hit us up on the chat room here at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan great show lined up for you today expected to be joined by Jaguars defensive end Jeremy Mincy Jaguars out west now they played the Raiders last week, and now they're playing the Seahawks, so they stayed out west. So we're going to talk to Jeremy about their big game coming up against the Seattle Seahawks. Not too many people expect the Jaguars to beat the Seahawks, so it should be interesting to talk to Jeremy about that upcoming game. Also, actor Christian Keyes will be joining us. Christian, and he will be joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. Christian uh, was on Let's Stay Together this past season. He he had a recurring role in that particular series, so we're going to talk to Christian about that show. And Christian has a lot of things going on right now. Man has a lot of logs in the fire right now, so we're going to talk to him about all those logs in the fire. And also, wide receiver David Nelson will be stopping by. David's a free agent. Actually, he had a workout the other day with the uh, New England Patriots, so it should be interesting to get his take on what happened in that workout. Was he... Did he feel like he impressed in that workout? We're going to talk to him about that. And also, he's doing some things uh, for, for orphans in Haiti, and, and this is big. This is big time, and we're going to talk to him about the sudden change challenge that he has going on. As he's looking to do big things for orphans in Haiti, and that's big, man. You know, we could, we could talk, sometimes talk about, about all the negatives with professional athletes, but sometimes we have to talk about the positives, and David Nelson is doing some positive things in his community. So David Nelson will be joining us at 7.35, Christian Keyes at 8.05, and Jeremy Mincy will be joining us very shortly. So let's let's get down to what we saw last night in the NFL in Philadelphia. Andy Reid makes his return to Philadelphia. Donovan McNabb gets his number retired in Philadelphia. A lot of great things going on in Philadelphia last night, but one thing that was not great is what we saw on the football field. And you know what? I've been hearing this talk lately about Thursday night football games and how just the quality of it is really not that good. I mean, 
let's look at the past two weeks. I mean, if we saw the Jets and the Patriots last week on Thursday night, it was not a very well-played football game. It was a 13-10 game, but it was a sloppy football game, very sloppy. It was not enjoyable. It, it was not good football. You looked yesterday with the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a lifelong Eagles fan, so I stuck, up, I stuck with that game the whole night. But if I wasn't, I may have turned it off because it really was not a well-played football game. Granted, you had a lot of storylines. Andy Reid coming back, like I said, Donovan McNabb getting his number retired, so on and so forth. But it really was not a very well-played football game. Let's be honest, it was a very sloppy game. Five turnovers by the Philadelphia Eagles in that particular game just was sloppy. It was sloppy football, very sloppy football. So, and, and, and I'm hearing a lot of people saying, you know what? These Thursday night football games are just a joke. And, and you look at it, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, three games in 11 days. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of a football team. It's a lot. And you look at the Eagles, they started off well. I mean, they started off real well against the Washington Redskins, putting up all those points in that first half and looking unstoppable. Even last week against the Chargers on Sunday, where they put up a lot of points against the Chargers, 63 points in the first two games. That's pretty good. 63 points in the first two games. But yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs, they did a remarkable job of shutting down that Eagles offense. And what they did that was great is they got pressure on Michael Vick. And they forced Michael Vick into a couple turnovers. And he just wasn't comfortable in that pocket yesterday. And that's a, a testament to, to Houston and a testament to Tamba Ali. I mean, they did a great job of getting pressure on Michael Vick. And they forced two turnovers. And Michael Vick wasn't great last night. He, he really wasn't. He was not great last night. And that was his first bad game of the season. I mean, the first two games, no turnovers out of this guy. First two games, putting up big-time numbers. I mean, 400-plus yards against the Chargers, big-time performance against the Redskins in week one. So he's had a great year to this point. Yesterday was his first hiccup. And if you have watched the Eagles over the past two seasons, and I have, yesterday epitomized what we've seen over the, first two, over the last two seasons with Andy Reid as the coach. Sloppy play, turnovers, just bad football. That's what we saw last season, the last two seasons with Andy Reid. That's what we saw the last two seasons with Michael Vick. Sloppy, bad football. That's what we've seen out of these two guys, out of Michael Vick, I should say. And that's what we've seen out of Andy Reid as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. But Andy Reid's on the other side now. Maybe it was the Andy Reid effect. Maybe, I mean, because the Eagles, they didn't play like this the first two games. They weren't turning the football over. They were scoring a bunch of points. They weren't playing sloppy football. Andy Reid comes to town, and then all of a sudden, they play sloppy football. All of a sudden, they're turning the football over. All of a sudden, Michael Vick is throwing interceptions. Everything changed. Maybe it's the Andy Reid effect. Maybe. And last night was the first time I got a, a good look at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I look at the Chiefs, and I didn't see anything that was ultra impressive. I wasn't impressed by what I saw last night out of the Kansas City Chiefs. Granted, 
Alex Smith, he played well. He played well enough. He wasn't great. He played well enough. Didn't really throw the ball down the field much. A lot of short passes, a lot of dinking, a lot of dunking last night with Alex Smith, and it was enough. I mean, you really look at that football game with the turnovers that the Kansas City Chiefs got in that game and all the opportunities they had in that game. That first half should have been, you could have said, could have been like 30 to nothing, 30 to 6 in that first half because they had so many opportunities. And the much maligned Eagles defense, well, they finally stepped up and played well for at least the first three quarters. I mean, they played well. They kept the Chiefs at bay. They kept them out of the end zone. After all the field position that the Chiefs got in that game, all the good field position they got in that game, the Eagles defense kept them out of the end zone. But eventually the Eagles defense became who we thought they were, a bad defense. I mean, give the Kansas City Chiefs a lot of credit, Alex Smith, a lot of credit how they were able in that final drive there. I mean, that was big. That final drive there for the Kansas City Chiefs where they got the big field goal to ultimately salt the game away. I mean, you look at it. 15 plays, 75 yards, 8 minutes and 15 seconds. So when they got the ball, it was 11 minutes and 30 seconds to go in that game. 11, 36 to go in that game. 8-minute drive by the Kansas City Chiefs. Up seven, they started at the five-yard line, their own five-yard line, and they moved the ball down the field, 75 yards down the field, and ultimately it ended with a field goal, and ultimately that was the ball game. That essentially was the ball game. The Kansas City Chiefs are 3-0. and Do I believe in the Kansas City Chiefs? No, I don't. They're 3-0. and You can't take that away from them. They only won two games last season. So at this point, they have surpassed what they did a year ago, and we're only three weeks into the season. Do I believe in the Kansas City Chiefs? No, I do not. But I will say this. They play the NFC East. And judging by what we've seen the first two weeks in the NFC East, you look at the New York football Giants, 0-2. You look at the Washington Redskins, 0-2. You look at the Dallas Cowboys, 1-1, but they have not been impressive at all. And then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, who are now 1-2 and who have to go to Denver. And the Eagles right now are staring 1-3 in the face. They're staring at 1-3 because you're going to Denver and – Thus far, what we've seen out of the Denver Broncos has been big time. The Broncos are big time. Peyton Manning is big time. That football team is big time. But, but, I look at the rest of the way for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Giants, Titans, and the Raiders, the next three games. They could easily go 2-1, and one, if not 3-0 and oh, the next three games. They have the defense that will keep you in the, in the ball games. They have that defense, and that defense is going to keep you in games. It's been very impressive the first three weeks of the season defensively. Very impressive. 
that defense looks like it's going to keep them in football games. It really does. And Alex Smith, call him a game manager, and that's what he is. But one thing about Alex Smith, he does not turn the football over. He does not turn the football over. He doesn't do a lot of great things. Does not do a lot of great things. But I'll tell you one thing. He does not turn the football over. And when you have a good defense that, like the Chiefs have, that is big. Four touchdowns thus far for Alex Smith, and here's the big number, zero interceptions. Therefore, Alex Smith is protecting the football. He's protecting the football. He's been good, not great, but he's been good enough. And as I'm watching the game and – I look at the end of the game, and I look at his stat line, and when it's all said and done, he had close to 300 yards, 273 yards in the air. So he was pretty close to 300 yards, believe it or not. And and all he was doing was dinking and dunking and shallow crosses to Donnie Avery. That's all he was doing yesterday, the dinking, the dunking. That's all he needed to do. And that's a byproduct of turnovers by the Eagles. That's a byproduct of good, sound defensive play by the Kansas City Chiefs. And looking further in that game, last night, Chip Kelly. I mean, Chip Kelly, the Eagles go down, they get a touchdown, and Chip Kelly decides to go for two. And the first thing I came to that came to my head is, you know what? This ain't college. You are not at Oregon. This is not a college football team you're going up against. You're going up against an NFL team. You are in the NFL, Chip Kelly. You're in the NFL. You don't go for two. You don't go for two in that particular situation. Points are important. All points are important in the NFL. Every point matters. How many times have you seen in a National Football League game, how many times have you seen a a team – miss an extra point, extra point, and have it come back to bite them in the butt at some point in the game. How many times have we seen that? We've seen it a lot in the National Football League. We've seen it a lot. So points matter. You just don't give up points that easily. You, you, you have an opportunity to take the one. Take the one. Take the sure thing. Take the sure thing. An extra point is pretty much a sure thing in the National Football League. Take it. Take it. You don't go for two in that situation. 10-8 is really no different than 10-7. Take the sure points. NFL games are so close. This is not college. College are so many blowouts. So many blowouts. You're playing a National Football League team. You're playing an NFL team. This is not UCLA. This is not any other team in college football. These are men. This is the National Football League. Chip Kelly, I know you're innovative. I know you're smart. I know you're quick. I know you're fast. I know you do things a little differently. But guess what? Guess what? This is not college football, and points matter. But the Eagles are 3-0. I'm not the Eagles. I wish the Eagles were 3-0. The Chiefs are 
And the Chiefs right now, you look at it the rest of the way, like I said, they have an opportunity to make a, make the playoffs. They really do. I mean, they're, they, they play in a bad division. Oakland, not that good. The Chargers, thus far, 1-1. One and, one, and, you know, surprisingly have played fairly decent football. They're 1-1 one and, one and could easily be 2-0. and oh. Could easily be 2-0. and oh. But we'll see, moving forward, how the Chargers are. And the Raiders, well, they're the Raiders and the Chargers. Well, they're going to come back, I think, as well. So the Chiefs have an opportunity. You play in the AFC West. You play the NFC East. That's an opportunity for you to be successful if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. The schedule may work in your favor. Your defense may work in your favor the way you pressure the quarterback. And your quarterback, Alex Smith, a guy who does not make mistakes, who does not turn the football over. You remember the year he had in San Francisco, the most success he's had as an NFL quarterback back in 2011. What was the recipe for success for Alex Smith? It was protecting the football. 17 touchdowns, only five interceptions. 17 touchdowns and only five interceptions. What Alex Smith did was protect the football. And that's why the San Francisco 49ers were successful in that particular year. And that is why, thus far, the Kansas City Chiefs are off to a 3-0 record. Not impressed with the Chiefs. Let's be clear about that. I'm not impressed at all. But I will say this. They are 3-0. Alex Smith protects the football. So they're going to be in a lot of football games. They are going to be in a lot of football games. So the Kansas City Chiefs right now, watch out for them because they could be a playoff game, a playoff team. Excuse me. Switching gears now. Floyd, Money, Mayweather. Floyd, Money, and Mayweather. And before I get to Money, Mayweather, I want to say I, I, real quickly, I want to shout out the Philadelphia faithful. You know, the Philadelphia, everybody always wants to chastise the Philadelphia fans, always quick to go after the Philadelphia fans, say that's all they do is boo, and then they're, they're bad fans, and they're hostile, so on and so forth. But the Philadelphia fans stepped up to the plate last night like I knew they would. And I have to say we would because I am a Philadelphia fan as well. I'm one of them. I am one of them. But anyway, the Philadelphia faithful stepped up last night. They stepped up last night big time. Gave Andy Reid a standing ovation. A guy who deserved a standing ovation, and they gave it to him. Donovan McNabb gave him a standing ovation. Gave him a big round of applause as his number was retired last night. The greatest coach and the greatest quarterback in Philadelphia Eagles history was there last night. Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid and the Philadelphia faithful did what I thought they would do. And that is cheer them on. Kudos to the Philadelphia faithful. All right, all right, enough already. Floyd Money Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. What a performance last Saturday night. I mean, Canelo Alvarez was supposed to be the guy that would give Floyd Money Mayweather, because of his size, a big 
fight, a big-time fight, give him a lot of trouble. Well, it did not happen. It did not happen. Floyd Mayweather did what Floyd Mayweather has done 44 other times. He just jabbed him. He hit and didn't get hit. He's too fast. He's just too fast. He's just too good. He hit and he did not get hit. That's And you could say, oh, that's boring. That's not exciting. But you're watching greatness when you watch Floyd Money Mayweather. That's greatness personified. That's the guy. Say, And here's the thing about Floyd Mayweather. A lot of people, they're quick to say, okay, this guy talks a lot. Or, or this guy is cocky. He's brash. He, he throws money around. So on and so forth. But here's the reality of Floyd Money Mayweather. This guy works hard. This guy's dedication to the sport of boxing is second to none. He might play hard, but by golly, he works hard. This guy, and, and, and don't get caught up in all the flash. The money persona is the money persona. You look at that persona, that's the persona that's gotten a lot of people out buying pay-per-views. That's the persona that got 2.2 million pay-per-view buys. That's the persona, the money persona. And it could be more when it's all said and done. They're, they're going to keep counting. It could be more. But everybody and their mama, everybody I knew was getting a fight. Everybody I knew was having a fight party. A lot of people were having fight parties and celebrating the greatness of Floyd, money, Mayweather. We're going to get back to that in a moment. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around, too. I yeah, just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. That's hard. <laughs> That's not Roxy. <laughs> That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back. And we're going to bring in a guy now, Jeremy Mincy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's preparing for a big-time game against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. These guys, the Jacksonville Jaguars, played the Raiders last weekend, and since they played the Raiders in L.A., they decided to stay out west. Probably a smart move. So we're going to talk to Jeremy Mincy. Let's bring him in now, defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jeremy Mincy. Jeremy, how are you? I'm great, man. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, man, it's a pleasure, man. Before we get to Seattle, before we get to what happened last week with the Raiders, I got to get your take on 
Floyd, Money Mayweather. I mean, he was dominant. His performance was impressive. 45 and 0, 44 have tried, 44 have failed. Your thoughts on what you saw with Floyd Mayweather last Saturday night? Oh, I um, I seen a very defensive player, man. I mean, he plays chess, man, and he's really good and skilled, uh, and he lands really clean punches and. He gets real skinny, so opponents can't really get a clean look on him, and that's why he's doing so good for so long because he takes as few hits as he can to prolong his career. Do you see anybody between the weights of 140 and 154 beating Floyd Mayweather? Nah. No time so. (laughs) (laughs) Only thing that can beat Floyd Mayweather is father time, and at this point, Father Time has not caught up to Floyd Mayweather, and it doesn't look like it's going to at any time soon. Amazing, this Floyd Mayweather. I want, let's get to you guys now. You guys played the Raiders last week, and you guys decided to stay out west after the Raiders game since you played Seattle on Sunday. How is it out west? How was it staying out west this whole week? I mean, shoot, man, it's, it's pretty cool, man. We was in a secluded area, not many people around, but it was good uh Bond with your teammates, man, and hang out with them, and um, do things together, man. And uh, and the weather's good, and I mean it's been pretty good, man. Transition been smooth. So you feel like you guys as a team are bonding? It's almost like a bonding type of trip. Yeah, pre- I mean pretty much, man. It's good to really get to know your teammates throughout the season, man, because you know you never know what can happen. Teams turn, you know, turn around one step at a at a time, and and, I mean, I think it's just a good step. Plus, we're already on the West Coast, and we adjusted to the right. time. So, that's the good thing about it. Now, let's go to the Raiders game. A, a tough loss for you guys. The Raiders had success, a lot of success on the ground. They were able to shut down your offense throughout the course of that game. In your mind, talk about what happened uh, against the Raiders. I mean, you know, it was just a lot of, um, how can I say, uh, mistakes made and uh Right. We kind of shot ourselves in the foot, you know, putting ourselves in bad situations. We had penalties when uh, we actually made stops, and after that led to touchdowns just by getting in the red zone and penalties pretty much, you know, um, ruined us. And they had salt to the Raiders, man. They came to play, and they played some really solid ball. Right. And you look at your team now defensively, you limited the Raiders to one touchdown offensively. You guys have only scored one touchdown this season. I know you're on the defensive side of the ball, but what do you see with your your offense? What do you see as the problem, possibly, with that offense? I mean, we just got to execute better. You know, um, guys got to just start doing things right. And uh, just like on defense, you know, it's a lot of mistakes made on defense as well. So we just got to tighten up as a team, man, and find – our niche, man. I think we'll be pretty good in the future. We're taking it one one day at a time, getting better. Now, you guys have a new coach in Gus Bradley. Gus is returning to Seattle. He was a defensive coordinator in Seattle. First off, how is it playing for Gus Bradley? How do you like it at this point? Man, I mean, shoot. I love it still, man. Coach, coach Bradley's a special dude, man. And, you know, he's a fighter just like me. So, he's a He's just pushing us, man, to continue to get better, and, you know. And uh, so we focus on trying to take it one step at a time and get better. 
and we have what it takes to win, and we just got to do the right things, man. And um, and the first step is getting better, and that's what's going to start getting us some wins here soon. And, and at this point, you look at Gus Bradley, he brings an attacking style defense. How do you like the defense? How much of an adjustment was it for you, this Gus Bradley defense? I mean, it's a big adjustment, you know, because I'm, okay. you know, I'm a smaller guy playing um, the end, and that end position really requires a certain size. But, you know, I'm up to the test. And, you know, on a, it's a little different, man. But, I mean, it gives you the ability to still make plays and put you in good situations in a run game. And also um, – you know, um, them moving me inside okay. on rushing, rush downs, you know, helps me as well. So, you know, it kind of it kind of my game. So, I'll still do the action like, I need. Do you like going inside on, on those rush oh, downs? Yeah. Okay. No, nah, man, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> just give me a shot at getting to the quarterback. <laughs> you can put me anywhere. <laughs> We're talking to Jaguars defensive end Jeremy Mincy. And, Jeremy, last season – Gus Bradley said that he felt like in watching you that you tried to do too much. After two games, you have one sack. Last year, you had three sacks. So you got one sack after two games. That's good. At this point, have you been happy with your play? Um, Not not exactly, you know. Um, okay. I'm still continuing to um, work on getting better, you know. Um, and, you know, I had a, a little minor setback during training camp, you know, um, Missing a few days, just you know, concussion and certain things. So I'm still catching up, and uh, I'm continuing to get better, man. And uh, I'm just focused on getting better, and um, just taking on taking one game at a time, man, and get back up to par. Do you see more than three sacks this season for you? Oh yeah, man. You know, I'm always optimistic. You know, um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna continue to be optimistic, and I definitely right. see more. You know, I just want to make. You know, get in where I fit in and just play my role as a uh, team player, captain, you know, or whatever coach needs me to be to help this team get better. You know, I'm here to do so. We're talking to Jaguars defensive end Jeremy Menti. And, Jeremy, you look at your team now. We look at Gus Bradley. He's making a return to Seattle. Do you get the sense that this game means a lot to him? Oh, yeah, man. Um, I definitely do, man. And, you know, it's just another game, though. We can't treat it no different. Just got to go out there and get, continue to get better. And, uh, yeah, I think the game, it'll be, you know, personal. And uh, it'll be personal for me because, you know, Gus is, a, is the type of guy you love to go to war with and right. for. And uh, so it'll mean a lot to me to win a game for him, you know. So, you know, a win is a win still. And, uh <laughs> And that's what we, you know, plan to do. And that's what we play the game for to win. So it's definitely going to be a good game. Now, Jeremy, no one outside of your locker room is really giving you guys a shot against the Seahawks on Sunday. Tell me, how can you guys beat the Seahawks? What do you need to do to beat the Seahawks? Just be gap sound, man, and uh, communicate and be on the same page and, uh, Take advantage of each opportunity given to us, and uh, just play solid, well-round ball, good defense, and move the ball on offense, man. Get some points on the board, man. You know the simple ingredients. We just got to execute better. So, 
Seattle's a tough place to play. Tough place to play. I mean, that team is – they're a totally different team in Seattle. I mean, have you guys prepared in terms of the crowd noise, the 12th man in Seattle? Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the things, you know, that all NFL teams do, you know, crank the music up loud and practice it. And, you know, um, it's good to build a game-like situation to have that feel before the game. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville Stadium rocks, too, you know, so it's it's, it's like, you know, it's going to be uh, good to have that type of energy, man, and I think we're just up for the challenge. Now, you look at Gus Bradley, obviously, former defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks last season. He knows the personnel. He knows the scheme in Seattle. you got to feel like that gives you somewhat of an edge in this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, being a, you know, uh, a past coach there, you know, um, of course, that gives you an edge. But, you know, it still comes down to playing hard, executing, and uh, being physical. You know, playing the physical ball, they play because they're a really good team. And they're smart and physical. And uh, we just got to rise to the occasion because we have the ability to win just as many games as any team in the league. We just got to bring it together and focus on getting better every day. And I think, you know, um, our chances are highly tweet. Now, a lot of people outside of your locker room, they look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, your own two at this point. A lot of people don't feel like you guys can turn it around this season. You feel like, and I get the sense of talking to you, that you feel like you guys ultimately can turn this thing around. Why? Um, I mean, we got a lot of missing pieces. You know, we got Mercedes Lewis out and uh, Black Man. Uh, right. You know, a few guys banged up and blows up. And I think, you know, I'm like I'm an optimistic guy, and I'm just making sure right. that, that, that we keep the highest optimism we can, you know, uh, and focus on all the positives, man, and, Sooner or later, that positive will develop into a real great team chemistry, and we can start winning some ball games. We ain't far off, you know. We just gotta um, capitalize when we have the opportunity for all the small things in the game. And this week and last week, the Raiders they had some success on the ground against you guys. This week, you're going up against Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode. Is that exciting going up against the top backs in the league, and you knowing that you have to stop them to be successful? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's what the game is all about, man. Competition, man. We, uh, one thing the Jaguars always do, we know to compete, man. Play to the end, man. Let's see what happens. But we always go out to compete, man. And uh, we all up for the task. Um, I, I, I've never played against Marshawn, so it's, it'll be an interesting okay. game, you know. And I've been in the league for eight years now. But, right. But, um. Yeah, we'll we'll be up for the task, man. We just want to get out and compete, man, and continue to get better. Now, Jeremy, I, I was on YouTube today, and I found out, man, that you, you're a rapper. You 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 you, <laughs> you can spit. You can do your thing. Do you <laughs> yeah. have a freestyle in you? Do you have a freestyle in you tonight? Tonight for us? Yeah, man, I got plenty, man. You know how, how you you know. But I'm I'm really like I, I I would call myself an artist other than rapper man because I actually okay. been doing music for a long time man since I was a child man and uh, I sing I can sing write music I rap from time to time it's fun rapping and letting people hear because people think it's funny but I actually rap good doing it 
But I got a flow for you, man. And um, uh, this one, this one, you know, it's really for uh, like helping the youth, man. I like, you know, I've been inspired sometimes watching the news, man, and I write a song, you know, and it just makes sense. Uh, so, so real quickly, do you have a freestyle for us about the youth? Do you have a a, a quick song, a quick ballad? Do you have something? Yeah, for yeah, us? yeah. All right. Thursday can't go trip with my old lady, taking the pressure off my brain, trying to get away, feeling blessed because I made it out of better way. Say a prayer every day, hope the Lord save me. Just so amazed how the young ones top gun, going from fist to riding around with shotgun, fighting the war internal. Should be the battle won. Instead of taking the head on, we'd rather run. But that's a whole nother issue. If you pursue your dreams, then your dreams will never miss you. So you can run all you want, trying to keep pace. But at the end of the day, it's still a foot race that everybody trying to keep up. Kids getting killed over drugs or fresh bear sneakers. Got me feeling like Jeepers Creepers. What's going on in the mind of our people? I pray that one day we remain equal and try to do a little more good instead of evil. They pulling stunts now like Evil Knievel. The 9 o'clock news, teens murder two people. Scratching my head trying to find the source. As a voice hit me with a force. It's the music. Mentally killing these kids. That's why they dying just for trying to live. Please, Father, forgive. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's, hot. that's hot. That's hot. You, you bring it. You, you spit hot fire. You spit hot fire. Yeah. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Good times, good stuff, man. You 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 had some knowledge there. You you, you had a positive message message there. You had a nice flow. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, <laughs> man. When, when's the album coming? When's the album dropping? <laughs> man, I ain't dropping no album, man. I um I currently uh, opened up a recording studio in Jacksonville, and uh, what I'm gonna start doing is after school program for kids to come in and do music, okay. talk sports, whatever, just to try to help them out and um. And let people use the studio, uh, you know, you know, as a business and as well as you know, uh, an asset to the community. So, I mean, everything with the music thing is just really to help the future. Right. Now, Jeremy, where can fans find out about some of the great things you got you got going on? I know you have a website. Where can we find out about some of the great things you have going on? I mean, they can um, you can check on my Twitter, uh, Mister Miss Ninety Four. Um, you know, I just, you know, talk about the music and football and all the things I've done. You know, uh, I actually had a music promotion tour in Europe. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was all in uh, the Hollands, um, Maastricht, uh, uh, Dusseldorf, uh, Switzerland. I was all over, man, really, um. Uh, Promoting, you know, the music and the love of, and actually coaching football. So I've been working, man, and I had an excellent off season. Sounds good, man. Sounds like you. If this football thing doesn't work out, seems like you might have a future in the world of music. You think? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. But football, I'm gonna keep making it work, man, because I love, I love football, man, too. You know, and. Uh, and I'm passionate about competing, you know, and uh, it feels good to go out there, you know, just let it out, of, <clears throat> let it all out on the field, man, and leave it there, man, and get up and see what happens, you know. We're just always being optimistic about playing this game. Definitely, definitely. Jeremy, pleasure talking to you, man. We wish you nothing but the best of luck Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. Let's do this again. 
Oh, man, anytime, man. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. Definitely. Take care. All right, man. Jeremy Mincy, defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got a tough, tough, tough contest against the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you look at the Seattle Seahawks, and the funny thing about them is they're just a totally different team at home. I mean, look at them. Let's look at it. You look at uh, last week, the first week of the season against Carolina. They squeaked by the Carolina Panthers 12-7, to and you're saying to yourself, What's going on with Seattle? Is this the same team that we thought they were? I mean, what what is going on with the Seattle Seahawks? What is going on with them? And guess what? They come back at home. They're at home, and they play the mighty San Francisco 49ers, a team that they blew out. They blew them out. Blew them out last season in Seattle, and they come back, and they do it again. Beat up on Colin Kaepernick. Make Colin Kaepernick. Make, he made a lot of mistakes in that particular ball game. And this is a Colin Kaepernick who came off a 412-yard performance against the Green Bay Packers a week ago. So he goes to Seattle, and the Seahawks shut him down. Shut him down, 13 for 28, only 127 yards for Colin Kaepernick against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks just blow him out, beat him down, 29 to 7. 29-3, to even close. Seattle is a totally different monster at home. And I say this in talking about the Seattle Seahawks. If this team finds a way to get home field advantage throughout the course of these playoffs, they get home field advantage in the NFC, do you see anybody going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks do you see it happening? I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I don't see it. I don't see any team in the NFC going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks. I don't see it. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. I don't see any team going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks in the playoffs. Do you remember a few years back when the Seahawks when remember when the NFC West was bad? We we all remember remember when the NFC West was bad and the Seahawks won the division? I believe they were seven and nine and they won that division. The NFC West was a bad division. You remember that? And you remember the New Orleans Saints? going to Seattle in the wild card round. And you remember Marshawn Lynch having that crazy run. And you just remember how the Seahawks played in Seattle in that particular football game. And this was a Seattle team, again, who was 7-9. and nine. Not a good football team. But they played in a very, very bad division. Fast forward now a few years later in the NFC West. And the NFC West is a much better division than it has been. I mean, you could argue that the best two teams in the NFC are in the NFC West. The Niners, who are better, who are, uh, they're going to be there. I have the Niners making it and ultimately winning the Super Bowl. They're going to be there. You have 
the Seahawks, uh, the, the Niners, and you have the Seahawks. Arizona's not too bad. And you look at you look at uh, the Rams, they're not bad either. The Rams are not bad either. They're not a bad football team. Seattle's not, I mean, the Rams aren't bad. The Cardinals aren't bad either. And, of course, you've got the two powers in Seattle, with Seattle and with the San Francisco 49ers. You have some powers there. You have some you have very good football teams. You have two teams that, when it's all said and done, might be playing each other in the NFC Championship game. That's how good these two teams are. Packers, they're tough. The Saints, off to a 2-0 start. Sean Payton is on the sideline again. And just like that, the Saints are off to a 2-0 start. The defense has gotten better. Rob Ryan has come in, solidified that defense. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. That offense is that offense. That team is that team. The Saints, you look at it, their issue was defense. They couldn't stop me, you, and ten of my closest friends from scoring last season. They just couldn't. They just could not stop anybody. It was a mess defensively for New Orleans. And a lot of things with the Saints, I think the whole bounty thing, you know, that that really messed up with, messed the chemistry up with that team. It just messed the whole season up. It just messed up the whole flow of that particular team, of that Saints team. They were just a totally, totally different football team. They really were. They were just a totally different football team. They really were. Totally different. When we come back, we're going to bring in a free free agent wide receiver, David Nelson. David's doing some big things off the field, some big time things, doing some big things for Haitian orphans, and and that's big. That's big. When we come back, David Nelson will be joining us. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. And we're back, having fun, talking sports like we do at this time. We're going to bring in a guy, David Nelson. Now, David's doing some big things in the community. Right now, David's a free agent. and Right now, David's looking to find an NFL team. I think he will. But let's bring him in now, free agent wide receiver, David Nelson. David, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. David, this past week you had a tryout with the New England Patriots. First off, how did it go, and have you heard anything in terms of them wanting to sign you? It went well. You know, it was a really good, really good showing. Um, I felt good about it, and um, you know, it was real. Uh, it was nice to get out there and and uh, run around a little bit for them and, and get and show them what I can do. And you know, we've talked a little bit since then. And, uh, right, you know, they have some guys there that they like a lot. A lot of young guys. They, they're really. Uh, excited mm-hmm. about, so you know we'll revisit it in a week or two and, and see what goes from there. But you know we, they liked what they saw, and I felt like I put a, put a good showing. Now, David, you've had some productive seasons in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills, and proven to be a decent wide receiver in this league. If Bill Belichick or any team out there is listening, what does David Nelson bring 
to to an NFL roster? Yeah, I think it's just one of the things where um, I feel like one of the the, the best things I bring to the table is, is my size. You know, being a six five receiver is um, you know it's not very it's not very prevalent in the league as far as being a slot receiver. Uh, most of the time, when you see a slot receiver, there's a the, the shorter guys, you know, five ten, six foot. Uh, with my size and, and, and range, I can do a little bit more um, with the ball in the air. And so I, I can be a red zone threat. I can be a third down threat. Um, you know, and, and just, just my experience in playing playing the game and, and the, the three years I've been playing. And, um, you know, hopefully I can just I can, I can find a team that kind of fits that style of what I'm looking to do and what I can do. And so uh, we're just we're continuing to go and visit teams. i got a few more tryouts or workouts next okay. week, and so we'll just see kind of where the, the, the shoe fits. Now, David, last season you tore your ACL. Last September, actually, you tore your ACL. You're a year removed from the injury. At this point, where is your knee at? Are you 100%? 100% now, yes, I, I okay. am now. And, you know, just, just running around yesterday in New England and, and showing those guys, that was one of the things they were most encouraged by. I was just seeing how healthy I looked and how healthy I was. Um, I think that's the biggest question mark with teams right now is when they call, they ask us the first question is, you know, how's your knee? How's, how's it look? How's it feel? Um, even when they were out there yesterday, you know, just talking to all the coaches and talking to all the, the personnel people, and that was the question that kept coming up. You know, how's the knee feel? You know, how are you, how are you doing with it? How's it, how are, uh, how's it uh, feel when you're running? How's it feel when you're not running? Um, so that's, that's the main question. But, you know, I feel 100%. I'm, you know, I feel 100% confident in what it, what it can do. And, um, you know, I'm just ready to get get onto a team and, and to uh, to prove to everybody that it's good to go. It's been a little over a year since the surgery, and so you know that's plenty of time to, to jump in and, and do the things I feel like I'm capable of doing. Do you feel like Adrian Peterson messed it up for everybody who tears their ACL now? <laughs> you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people about that. When I first did it, when I first tore it, that was the that was the biggest thing. It was like, you know, look at look what AP did. And look what look what he was able to do so fast after his injury. And so he kind of ruined it for the rest of us because now there's this expectancy as far as what you're what you're supposed to look like and how it's supposed to be done. And uh, but he's just, I mean, he was a freak before he did it, and he's a freak after he right. did it. And so yeah, and that that he's obviously the the gold standard as far as you know what you'd like to accomplish when after an ACL. Um, but I think you yeah. look around the league and you see guys who have come off come off ACL surgeries, how it kind of takes them a little while to kind of get going. Um, but at the same time, you, that there is hope that, that that you can come back and be the player that you once were. We're talking to free agent wide receiver David Nelson. David, before all the workouts and everything, you were with the Browns in August. Ultimately, the Browns will let you go. What happened in Cleveland? Was it, was it you were not healthy? What happened with the Browns? Yeah, you know, the second day, I ended up going in there the second day of camp and, and started practicing, and everything felt right. And then I ended up having an injury. Uh, it was completely separate from the ACL. It ended up putting me out for two or three weeks. And, um, you know, so I really didn't get a chance to really go through the entire um, – didn't really get a chance. I didn't practice really at all during training camp. And then I ended up practicing two or three days before the game, our last preseason game, played the last preseason game. Uh, I was a little rusty. didn't feel like I put a put – a, a great showing out there, completely like I'm capable of doing. Um, and they just didn't have it. You know, that was a conversation we had. You know, they were just in a position where they had uh, four young receivers. They were like, they just traded for Devon Beth. Um, and so they weren't really looking for a, a slot guy. They were looking for a guy to kind of replace Josh for the time being until Josh was came back from a suspension. And um, just, you know, they didn't really get a chance to really see what I could do and see if I could fit that position to try to throw me in. And it just – uh, they just felt it was in my best interest just to let me go and find a, find the place that I could fit on. I could use my uh, my talents a little little better, and 
um, you know, I'm grateful for that. I, mean, I didn't want you to put in a situation where it just wasn't the right fit. And so it ended up being a, a good situation, and hopefully I can find a spot in the next week or two and, and go from there. Now, now before the knee injury, you know, you, you put up big-time numbers with the Buffalo Bills in 2011, and you got the sense that you were coming into your own as a wide receiver. Talk about that. Yeah. Oh man, that that was the that was probably the hardest part about the whole experience was, you know, coming in undrafted and finding my way onto the roster, and then you know, the first couple of weeks just being excited to be on an NFL roster, and then kind of transitioning into that realm of, okay, I belong in the NFL now. Let's go and make plays. And, you know, I think I ended up having a little over 30 catches my rookie year. I was just kind of just trying to get my feet wet and trying to see how everything was going. I was learning as I was going, and um, you know, and then my second year came around, and then I. I, I had a solid year. I felt really good about the things that we had done as a team, the things that I had done personally. And, uh, you know, I was trying to build off of that. And the, the mm-hmm. off-season OTAs, minicamp, had a great off-season, a great minicamp. Fitz and I just had a great rapport, a great chemistry together. Um, I, went, I, I transitioned from just being happy to be on the team to the second year trying to make a statement to show that I belonged in the league. And then my third year was really the, the step to say, hey, I'm here. I, I can be a difference maker. I can be um, – I'm a huge part of this offense. You know, I was a starter. I was all those kind of stuff. And um, you know, coaches were designing plays for me, and it was just part where, like, wow, I, I was I was a starter. I was one of the main pieces of that offense, one of the main pieces of that team. And to work so hard to get to that point uh, for two years in the NFL, and, and then specifically that hard all off season to show, okay, now I'm the guy. I've worked hard to get here. Now it's time to put it all into the table. And week one of the first of the season, it's it was all taken from me. And so that was the hardest part, um, just to know how hard I'd work and just to know what all was there in front of me. And um, it was just all there for the taking, and it was just kind of just taken from me all at once in the very early part of the season. Now, I want to switch gears now. You played uh, at Florida. You played with Tim Tebow. Recently, Tebow was released by the Patriots. Tebow believes that he could still be a quarterback in this league. Do you feel like Tim Tebow can be a quarterback in the NFL? And do you feel like he'll get another opportunity? I think he can. I definitely think he, I think he's capable. Um, you know, I, I just I think his track record speaks for for, for itself. I mean, just the, the work he did over in in, in Denver and, and leading them to the playoffs in the situation when they weren't going to the playoffs before he came in. And um, right. you know, I, I just think he has to be put in the right situation. I don't think he can just go into a team to a locker room and just be um, the starting quarterback right away. I think it has to. I think it has to be a great fit. I think he knows that and he's aware of that. Um, and so I, I'm just hoping he gets that chance, just something to catch on somewhere that's going to utilize him to the best of his abilities. Um, and it's going to—it's one of those things where he, he needs to go somewhere where the coaching staff is going to alter their offense around him, as opposed to making him fit into what they do. If that makes sense. And so no, I, kind I, of like that—that's sticking a square peg in a round hole kind of mentality. They need to just find. If he goes to a team, they need to fit the offense around what he does well and go from there. Sort of like like Denver did. They did a great job of using him and doing what he does great, what he does best. Um, and I, I hope he gets another opportunity. I think there's a couple of teams out there who who really are searching for you know a future quarterback or searching for some help or a spark. I think he can provide that. Now, David, you're doing big things off the field now, as you have and and as you are raising money for Haitian orphans through the Sudden Change Challenge. You got the Sudden Change Challenge out there. Tell us about it. Yeah, man, this is something I'm, I'm extremely excited about, and this is something that has kind of taken over uh, my life over in the past year just with the uh, you know, just with the, the, the orphans in Haiti. And so we were just trying to figure out a way. We started a nonprofit organization back in January, 
and we're trying to figure out a way to become sustainable, to have some, some kind of way to you know, generate funds, have people give money periodically that we had to go out and continually fundraise and go out and continue to call people and say, hey, we need money, we need this, just a way for just average people who believe in what we're doing to, do, to, uh, to donate and to contribute to what we're doing and believe in what we're doing. And so we came up with this idea. Uh, we know cause my platform, obviously, is with the game of football with the NFL. And, um, right. and I know firsthand how passionate NFL fans are and how, um, how just they, they are so about the perception of their team and how their team is perceived off the field and, and competition with other NFL fan bases. And then you add to the fact of fantasy football and how it's just become such a huge market and it's just a huge deal around the, around, the, around the country, even around the world. And so we're trying to figure out a way to kind of combine those two powers and combine those two passions and make it into something that can benefit these kids in Haiti. And so what we came up with is a sudden change challenge. And what the sudden change challenge is, is the, name, the meaning of the word is, 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 a double, is a double meaning. So when the sudden change in a football game is when something's going on in the team, they're stagnant, the offense is going three and out, three and out, they have no momentum, they're kind of looking for something. They need, they're looking for a spark. And the defense comes on and they get an interception. And it re-energizes the entire team. And the offense is running back on, all the coaches are going, okay, sudden change, sudden change. Um, usually what happens is the offensive coach will call a big play, the first one, he'll call a fade or he'll call a quick play or something to kind of get momentum back on the team's favor. And that's what we're trying to do for these kids in Haiti. We're trying to – they've had a bad go so far in their life. They've had a rough go. And they're just looking for something, looking for one person to come in and change their life, one person to come in and give them hope. And so that's what the double meaning of the name means. And it's really easy. All you do is you log on to suddenchangechallenge.com. You go on there. You pick your favorite team, your favorite NFL team, and then you pledge two, three, four, five, a hundred, a thousand, however much you want towards right. a certain play, whether it be a, a, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, an interception, a sack, or a team win. And then every week uh, we, put a, we put a leaderboard on the website that tells which team is we, leading. I think week one, the Patriots won. I think week two, the Buffalo Bills won. And so it's, right now it's kind of turning into this thing where NFL fans are kind of taking it as their own. It's like, wow, you know what? I can't sit here and stand to log onto the website and see the Buffalo Bills one week two. So I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to get my buddies on board, and we're going to win week three. And so that's, that's, that's kind of what we wanted. We didn't want to have to continue to go out there and plug and, and market it. We wanted the NFL fans to kind of take ownership in it and say, you know what? Not only are we doing something that can, that can prove that our, 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 that can get our fan base involved and be something that we can all have fun with, it's also benefiting orphans in Haiti, orphans around the world. And so it's something that can – it brings the passion of football. It also brings the passion of people who have the heart to forgiving and combines them. And it's really, really been an amazing thing for me to have just the front row seat to see how many people have just taken and just run with it. Right. And how how's this transformed you? I mean, talk about. It. I mean, you know, when when we help others, it's a good feeling for for you. And when you help other people, talk about that. Talk about how it's making you feel when you see these orphans and you see the money going to these orphans and you see this money doing big things for the orphans in Haiti. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's our, our, our big thing is it's not so much about, you know, a lot of organizations are about the bottom line and they're all about how much money can we get? How many orphans can we get? How many, um, all, the numbers, it's all about the numbers. And for us, it's about the hearts. It's about the individuals, it's about relationships. And so for us, it's right. more about, okay, we have 20 kids living in our home. How can we make how can we make them feel loved? How can we make sure they feel that they're a part of our family? How can we make sure that they know that they're here for a purpose and they're here for a reason? It's not about using or exploiting these kids. It's about really going deep into them and really pouring ourselves into them and saying, listen, you are loved and you are here for a purpose. 
So that's our that's our our passion, and so we believe that when that, when that happens, that cycle that's become that's become so contagious over in third world countries, as far as orphans creating more orphans because all they know they they're an orphan and they create more orphans, and it's just it's that vicious cycle. And so we're trying to end that cycle. And so yeah, yeah, we're asking for money, but at the same time, it's so much deeper than that. That, that money goes towards giving these kids a hope, giving these kids a purpose, giving these kids a future. And so you, you hit it right ahead. There's no better feeling than when you're helping somebody out. But right. to take it one step further than that, when you're helping a kid who has nothing to give back to you but love, that's there's no greater feeling than that. There's no greater fulfillment in my life that I've ever received. I mean, I've won national championships. Uh, I've made money. I, you know, I've had an incredible life. But there's no greater fulfillment. I mean, and I'm talking about as far as pure joy. That when you look into an orphan kid who has nothing to give you, no material thing to give you, no money, no. All he can give you is time and his love. And when they run out, of the, run out of these homes, their arms open wide, just wanting to give you, just wanting attention, just wanting love. There's no greater fulfillment than that. And you can build them all the homes you want to, you can them all the food you want to, but the one thing that they want from us is attention and love. And there's no greater feeling in life than that. Definitely, and God blesses those who bless others. And what you're doing here is you are blessing others. Fans, make sure you go www.suddenchangechallenge.com. Support some of the great things. David Nelson is doing in the community, and this is big time. One quick question for you, David. I know a few years ago you scored a touchdown in Dallas, and ultimately you gave a football to some lucky cheerleader who happened to be your <laughs> girlfriend. You guys still together? We are not. No, we are not. Uh, okay. We are not. Well, it's funny because you, you've, hit, you've hit two questions. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always talking to people where they're like, you know, how do interviews go? I'm like, yeah, the interviews, interviews always go well. There's always two questions that I get asked. <laughs> One is Tim Tebow, and two is the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And so it's funny that just it, it still it still goes on. And, and but no, we aren't, we aren't together anymore. And you know that was something that was a great experience for the both of us. And we you know we'll we'll remember for us our lives. David, I know you're on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Yeah, I love Twitter. It's such a powerful tool, and it's such so much fun. I love interacting with just people and and talking with them. And and uh, my Twitter handle is David Nelson eighty six. Fans, check this man out on Twitter, David Nelson 86 and make sure you go to SuddenChangeChallenge.com. David, a pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do this again. Hey, please do, man. Blessings to you guys, and thanks so much for your time. Take care. All right, brother. David Nelson, wide receiver, free agent wide receiver, and I think he's going to catch on somewhere before the year is done. But he's doing some big things in the community, SuddenChangeChallenge.com. Go there and support some of the great things David Nelson has going on in the community. The second half hour of Go For It starts right now. Second and final half hour, go for it, getting started right now. In this hour, we're going to be joined very shortly now by actor Christian Keyes. He's doing big things in Hollywood. 2013 has been big for Christian Keyes, and we're going to talk to him about some of the great things he has going on. Also going to talk to him about Floyd, Money, Mayweather, and his special performance this past week, weekend, I should say, against Canelo Alvarez. Let's bring him in now, actually. Let's bring him in now. 
actor, writer, singer, producer, the one, the only, Christian Keys. Christian, how are you, man? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you guys for having me today. Now, Christian, you know, you did a lot of big things in 2013, and we're going to get to that. Before we get to that, I want to go to the fight this past weekend, Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez. Your thoughts on what happened? Mayweather dominated, but your thoughts? Uh, well, first of all, I'm glad that Judge uh, resigned because I don't know what fight yeah. she was watching, marking it 114 to 114. That was absurd. Um, so I'm glad she went ahead and, and, and took herself out of the picture because that was ridiculous. And, and, and he, he, he dominated that whole entire fight. He punched him when he wanted to. Alvarez threw punches and Floyd wasn't there to receive him. And at, at the end of the day, that's what I told everybody was going to happen. You can't beat what you can't hit, and you can't hit Floyd. Right. He's too elusive. The defense is great, and, you know, he, he hits you when he wants to, and he gets out of the way when he doesn't want to be there for your punches. So it was just it was a classic Floyd victory. Um, he's a monster. And, you know, I, I just my only – the only downside is that I wish – when every back when everybody really wanted to see it, because it's not really going to happen now. But I wish that Pacquiao Mayweather fight could have happened back, you know, maybe a year or two ago when everybody really wanted to see it before right. Pacquiao took these last three losses. Right, and, and the thing is, who is out there for Floyd Mayweather? I mean, Alvarez was supposed to be the last person that was kind of out there to beat Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather coming up and wait and all those things. And, and, and to your point, Pacquiao. I mean. Pacquiao has a fight in November. If he wins the fight, maybe maybe something can happen. I mean, because there's not too many viable options for Floyd Mayweather unless he goes up and I know there was talk possibly maybe Bernard Hopkins or, or maybe a Sergio Martinez at the middleweight level. So it, it, it's kind of tough for Floyd in Floyd terms of fighting. Floyd ain't going to fight Bernard Hopkins, man. Floyd I don't think not so. fight Bernard. No, and it's, it's yeah, going to be silly. So. One, Bernard is, Bernard is too old, two. Bernard's too heavy. Bernard fights like 185, even if he came down to like 160, which would be absurd. Floyd ain't going up there to fight him at 160 because after the weigh-in, Bernard still come in at like 170. Floyd would be right. 150. It's not gonna. That's, that's, uh-uh. that's not gonna happen. They better hope. They better hope they can pull off that that uh, Pacquiao. Maybe Pacquiao wins this fall, and then maybe it's interesting. And, you know, maybe we'll see it. But it won't be like it was when we wanted it, when everybody was fiending right. for it. I would have paid 100 pay-per-view for that thing. I would have paid 150 so, Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. Me I'll, too, probably. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Christian Floyd Mayweather's had a big year, but you had a big 2013 as well, man. Your work is starting to get recognized by a lot of people as you won the Entrepreneur's on the Move Award for the Best Actor in a Motion Picture. Talk about what that award means to you, man. Um, well, just in general, man, just to be recognized at all, man, is it, a blessing. Like, I've never been nominated for anything. Um, and I was up for best uh, screenplay as well. Um, okay. You know, so just to be recognized, man, just to do classy stuff and then have people recognize that, you know, it's it's quality stuff. Um, that's an honor, man, and it just really makes me want to continue to work that much harder, you know, uh, and, right. and and step it up even more and have every project be, you know, slightly better and slightly different from the last. So that's it just makes me want to go back to work. That's all, brother. And at one point, man, you were homeless. You had no place to live, and 
Did you ever see this happening in terms of the type of success you're having when you were homeless? Did you see this? No, uh, because I couldn't see my next meal. So I didn't, you know, I was um, from 9, 10, 11, 12. During those four years, I was running away from home a lot because the uh, the adoptive home I was in was very abusive. Um, okay. You know, like hammer, bat, bottle, you got beat with anything that was within uh, range. So, um, and as opposed to do that, you know, I'd rather sleep on the streets. And as a as a kid, man, no kid should ever have to make that decision. So, okay, am I gonna am I gonna sleep behind Kmart for three or four days for her to calm down? So maybe I don't get beat with the broomstick or the axe handle. Right. You know what I mean? That's not a that's not a ten year old decision. Um, so during those nights, man, I was more worried about you know uh, trying to find somewhere I could steal a sheet from to cover up. Right. Um, and, then, and then if I could sneak in to school in the morning, man, and maybe, you know, get a get a bite or two from a friend's um, cafeteria meal, you know, and, and rummage through the cafeteria trash, see if I could find a, a sandwich that wasn't all the way eaten. I mean, it was, it was you know, tough. But those right. things prepare you for everything that I'm dealing with now. You know, this stuff that I'm doing now, it's, it's fun. It's not, there's not a lot of pressure because that that's pressure. This this is fun. Definitely. I love this. This is a blessing. And, and Tyler Perry once called you one of the most consistent male actors out there that he's ever worked with. When you hear something like that, man, what does that do to you? What does that do for you? Um, honestly, man, it just makes me just refocus on work. It just makes me just want to continue to, you know, stay in class, continue to grow and develop as an actor, continue to... Um, just push myself and hold myself accountable for for growth and, and for focus and you know the things I'm spending my time on. Like it, it really it just makes me, makes me want to work harder, man. You know the um, I don't do it for accolades and I don't do it for you know for compliments. You know I do enjoy when you touch people's lives. I do enjoy when the fans reach out and say you know this is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know right. like that that's awesome. You know, that definitely makes you feel good inside as a person who worked really hard on something. But, um, you know, I don't do it for the accolades. I just, I just, I love and believe in the magic of acting and creating. It's just, it's, I believe in magic. So it's, it's, there's a lot of magic in pulling words off a page and building a person and bringing them to life right. and then touching people's lives with it. So I love that part. We're talking to actor Christian Keys and Christian. You got some logs in the fire right now, man, as Ladies' Night is coming out. And in Ladies' Night, you play a stripper. Tell us about that, yep. man. Well, um, when I back when the week Magic Mike came out, I literally saw, I don't know, I got a, a couple hundred tweets and Facebook messages with people talking about, why weren't you in it? And how come there was no, you know, African-American man in this movie and this, that, and the other? And immediately I sat down on my computer, and, and within 30 days I had the, the script written for Ladies' Night. Um, wow. And uh, we're actually we're going into production with that really soon here, um, teaming up with some great, great people, um, great producer, uh, producers, great casts, everything. And I can't really say until we finalize everybody, but um, the okay. cast is going to be bananas. Great story, funny story, um, intelligent. It's not going to be 90 minutes of gyrating. It's a lot of layers and levels to this okay. stuff. Um, 
So it's, I'm really excited about it for the world to see it. And plus, you know, it's it, it's something different. I mean, clearly I haven't played a, a an exotic dancer or a stripper. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, he's got issues. He's got real life issues, not just you know. Uh, gyrating, you know, he's got some things he's got to deal with as a person, so I like that part about my character. Uh, and then I like the story as well, man, and just the team that's collaborating with it, um, you know, it's coming together really nice. So so you're looking forward to taking your clothes off? I'm comfortable, man. It's it's, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the first time. So um, they had me dysfunctional <laughs> friends. I was an underwear model. So, you know, it, it's um, the, the character I played, Styles, he was an underwear model. So, you know, it's it's I'm I'm comfortable, man. It ain't no thing. It's just work. Right, 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 right. You got to eat. Definitely got to eat. You got some more movies coming out. Black Coffee coming out. Tell us about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That is a romantic comedy um, with with great, great cast over there. Uh, we got Mr. Dan DeWitt Henson, Lamar Rucker. Um, we got Gabrielle Dennis, Erica Hubbard, um, Mark Harris wrote and directed it. I mean, and I, um, there's a few more people in, in that cast that are incredible as well. Um, but it's just a really good, really intelligent, very relatable story, man. And um, I played the uh, the cousin of Darren Henson's character. Okay. And, you know, he mm-hmm. his, his life kind of falls apart um, all in one day. And, um, you know, i got to kind of help him try to build it back up. And I'm more so, he's more so like the sensible blue-collar guy, and I'm more so the... Uh, the hustler slash comedy element of the movie. So it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun working with you know both of those cats. It was my first time working with um, Darren and with with Lamont. They're both great dudes. Uh, and and there's more, man. You got Ladies' Night. You got Black Coffee, and you have Four Seasons, yeah. a Chris Nolan film. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, you know, this, this is my second time working with Chris Nolan. Um, we just had The Good Life come out, and uh, I definitely like working with Chris. Um, he wrote and directed that, uh, Four Seasons, and I worked with Keith Robinson, Miss Robin Gibbons, which was it was a treat, you know, because I've been a fan of her work for a while now, right. and um, to actually share scenes with her. You know, she's a G. She's, you know, she comes prepared, so you gotta you got to be ready in her scenes. Um and it was just a, it was a great cast. Uh, Layla Olam, uh, sorry, Layla Odom is in that um, as well. I'm missing a couple people. Um, Jasmine Lewis, and it's, I mean it's a great cast. Um, I'm, I'm trying to pull it off the top of my head because you know we shot it some months ago, but it, it's a great cast. It's um, basically Keith Robinson, his character uh, is a good friend of mine, and he comes up with the ridiculous idea to date a woman one woman for every season for the next four seasons hence the title and um <laughs> of course you know me being the, the uh his best friend in this i think that's a terrible idea um so i'm there you know as i'm there for the good points of that idea and i'm there for all the bad ones um and all the funny ones and um you know just trying to help this brother figure out what it is that he wants you know, from a relationship. I'm kind of the word of wisdom, you know, kind of the good angel on his shoulder in the movie. So and that was fun, too, man. He was, he was dope to work with as well. So that's going to be a great project for people to see. We're talking to actor Christian Keys. And, Christian, man, I was on your website, christiankeys.com, and, and I noticed that you can sing, and I was looking at some of your music, man. One of the songs I was feeling was, was I'm All Right. I really like that song, man. What's going on with you musically right now? 
Um, I'm writing and recording, man. I, you know, during downtime, or when I'm not on set somewhere, man, I'm usually writing. So I'm either writing music or I'm writing other scripts and TV shows. So that's where I'm at right now, man. Just just compiling, getting new material ready because I wanna, I wanna, you know, get some more songs recorded here soon. And then um, I have my next two, one, two, three um, singles that I'm gonna release. And I probably do, you know, a song and a video, song and a video, song and a video. Um, you know, and do it that way. And on the subject of I'm all right, man, honestly, that's that's probably the favorite song I've ever done because I, you know, it, yeah. it just, it, it's gotten so much positive response. And, so, I mean, like, literally somebody stopped me, a young lady stopped me at the Megafest um, basketball game that, that we just had down in Dallas a couple weeks ago, and she told me that um, her mother had recently passed from cancer. But, you know, during the final wow. stages, she was playing I'm all right every day. You know, just to just to keep her spirits up, man, and, and stuff like that. Like, ooh, you know that 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 hit home with me real heavy. You know, and that that's why you do it, man. You want to be able to to let God use you with stuff like that. I had never done an inspirational song like that. So to have people write me and say, you know, hey, I was I was depressed and I was thinking about suicide, man. And your song helped me clear my head and. and and get back in the game like that. That makes it worth it to me. Whether I have a major record deal or not, I'm always going to do music. That's big. That's big to to have people come up to you and to, and tell you that yeah. your music, your songs have gotten them through a rough spot in their life, man. That's that's got to definitely feel good for you, man. Yeah. And back in 2011, Ebony Magazine said that you were one of the 50 most eligible bachelors. Has that changed? I uh, actually, unfortunately, no. Um, I'm still an eligible bachelor, so um, <laughs> just because at this point, man, lately I've been really trying to focus on work. But then, too, you know, Dayton's a little tough in LA, man. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people are preoccupied with what you drive and what you got and how much you have. And some of them will ask you that on the first or second date. They will come out and ask, yeah. like, you know, hey, so are you a millionaire? Are this, that, and the other? And, Right away, clearly you know that there will be no second date when they ask some nonsense like that. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to settle, man. I, I'm not. You know, I want a wife, one wife. I want to get married one time. i got a, I got an incredible son. Um, you know, I love being a dad, but no more kids until I get married. You know, so I, I'm just focused on work, and then the rest of that will come at the right time, hopefully soon. But, you know, at the right time, I'm not going to rush it. Is there a preference, industry girl? Does she have to be in the industry? Can she be a regular girl? Is there a preference in terms of that? No, I mean, she can be just an amazing regular girl next door. You know what I mean? Just somebody, the kind of woman that's going to be great on her own. That way I know she'll be great with me. Somebody that's not going to wait for me to provide a way and wait for me to, you know, uh, bring home the, the bacon. I need a, a woman that's going to, you know, be on her own grind. That way we're right. a dynamic team. You know, we're, we're LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't want to be LeBron and then you like the 13th player on the bench somewhere. You, right, ain't, right, even, right. you ain't even in the game. Get in the game, baby girl. Get in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that you know, you you have some options. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe 2013, you're doing a lot of big things professionally. Maybe some things will happen for you personally in terms of relationship, even marriage. Well, probably not in 2013, but maybe 2014, it'll all jump off for you. I, I, I can swing that. If, if it happened in 2014, I can swing that. Okay, okay. 
it's a quick courtship, but I mean, it is what it is, right? We're talking. We're talking. We're talking a year. You know, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't rush it. I mean, it. it, You know, I'm. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'm not even going. I'm not even going because as soon as you plan something, you know what they say. You you want to make God laugh. Tell him your plan. So as soon as 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 I plan out the way it's going to be, you know, he'll change it and and laugh. (laughs) So. We're talking to actor Christian Keys. And, Christian, we talked about some of the things you're doing on the big screen. You're doing some things on the small screen, Let's Stay Together. You had a recurring role as Troy on Let's Stay Together. Are you coming back to Let's Stay Together, and how was your time on there? It was awesome, man. That cast is awesome, absurdly and ridiculously talented and funny. Um, I love working with them. Um, and and who knows? I know we, we've already shot another ten episodes, and they haven't aired yet. So I know at some point soon they're going to air. And then from there, I don't know. But I know, you know, I'm, I'm more and more I'm up for a lot of these shows that are coming, a lot of the new shows that are coming out. And truthfully, that's my goal, to be a series regular on a show and just to live and breathe with the same character for a long time, you know, on okay. every episode. Um, but, you know... Honestly, my time with with Let's Stay Together, it's been amazing. So who knows where that's going to go, you know, and and if I'm coming back to season four, you know, hopefully um, I love working with them. I love, you know, BET, they always take great care of me. So um, so we'll see. You know, it's it's pretty much in God's hands. I'm just going to be ready for whatever great thing is coming. Definitely, definitely. Christian, I know you're big on Twitter, man. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Um, at Christian Keys is my only Twitter. I'm trying to get Twitter to verify me, um, so that way all the little catfish can stop. Um, but <laughs> at Christian, like the religion, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-K-E-Y-E-S is my Twitter, and Christian Keys is my Instagram. Those are my only real ones. The Any other one, Christian Keys 1 is fake, Christian Keys 2, Christian Keys Mobile, um, all of those little <laughs> fake Catfishes, you know, keep it simple. It's my name, Christian Keys. Well, since everybody's copying you, that means you made it. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm flattered, but I, I wouldn't mind if they went ahead and got their own life and their own Twitter page and quit trying to pretend to be me. That'll be cool, too. You know, that way the fans know where they can reach me and I can respond to their questions and, you know, and respond and get them love back like they always consistently support and give me. Um... But yeah, they can they can reach me there definitely. And um and let me see oh yeah, the uh, the watch call recently, um, you mentioned T V, you know, the Beauty and the Beast working with the C W network was awesome yeah. as well. Um I I did uh I did two episodes last season on Beauty and the Beast and even though they killed me off, it was wonderful. <laughs> they always killed a black man off. <laughs> well no, they killed they kept one on there. I played Brian White's brother, and it was awesome to work with Brian. Okay. He's dope. So uh, I played his younger brother. Who was kind of, you know, I was making bad, bad decisions in my life and getting in some trouble. Um, and they kept right. him on there, as far as I know. But they, you know, they they killed me off in the alley. It was a good. It was a good run. Why? Why last? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And no, I was. It was definitely. And, and, and there'll be more of that to come, man. Guess there aren't a lot more of these. These other shows, man, and like I said, I'm a get. I'm getting um, this year. I'm getting my. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a series regular on one of these shows. So it sounds like that's almost a goal for you at this point, pretty much, right? Yeah, it was. I, I said it at the top of the year. I pray on it daily. You know, it's on my vision board, and it's it's time. I'm ready. 
to handle right. it and and to take on these characters and just kill it, man, and just consistently, you know, show up and have you know have a character and be that character every day for three seasons or five seasons or seven seasons or however long the show goes, you know. But I'm I'm ready for that. It's time. I've been been acting for a long time and I'm definitely mature enough and ready to handle it. Fans, make sure you follow this man on Twitter at Christian Keys. Go to his website, ChristianKeys.com, and support some of the great things this man has going on. Christian, a pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do this again. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you very much. Christian Keys, actor, doing big things in Hollywood right now. I mean, you know, he's doing doing it big. Had a, has a has had, excuse me, a big 2013, big time 2013 for him, and hopefully he can continue into 2014. I want to switch gears now. Arian Foster, running back for the uh, Houston Texans, recently came came out today and said, "You know what? I took benefits. I took some things." I took some things while at Tennessee during my time at Tennessee. And he's he's quoted as saying this, quote, I feel like I shouldn't have to run from the NCAA anymore. They're like these big bullies. I'm not scared of them. Those are the words of Arian Foster. Arian Foster ain't scared. He's not scared of the NCAA anymore. He's not afraid of the NCAA anymore. Not afraid. And he said it uh, during an interview for a documentary that's coming out. And, you know, he's not afraid of them. And he went on to say, I just feel strong about the injustice that the NCAA has been doing for years. That's why I said what I said. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I feel like I shouldn't have to run from the NCAA anymore. He's talking big. He's talking tough. And... I mean, let's be honest, the NCAA and some of the things that they do, some of the archaic rules that they have, I mean, we can sit here and call these guys amateurs, but when you're you're making, when the NCAA is making the type of money that it's making, billions and billions of dollars, making all different types of money from all different types of sources, I mean, when, when you're making that kind of money and, you know, the, the workers, the people who are bringing the people to the stands each and every week, the people who are bringing a lot of money in for universities getting absolutely positively nothing, there's a problem. There is an issue. There's a problem. Now, again, I don't claim to have an issue. Or, uh, I don't claim to, to have a, uh, some kind of – I don't claim to have the scenarios. I don't claim to have anything to, to help remedy this situation. I don't have the system in place. I don't know what the system in place could be to help – these players get what they rightfully deserve. These guys bring in so much money for universities throughout the world, and excuse me, not throughout the country. I said world, throughout the country. These guys bring in so much money, so much money for universities throughout the country. Somebody needs to be compensated. How? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But they gotta find a way to make it happen. And you know Johnny Menzel, you know he's he's signing autographs, and you know and obviously nothing came of it. But there was talk at one point that he was making money off his own name, his own autograph. But, you know what what is 
What, what is that? You know, what the, is there anything wrong with making what, what, what is When has it become wrong to make money off your own name, your own likeness? Well, when has it become wrong? And that's the issue with the NCAA. And, you know, Aaron Foster's like, look, I'm a grown man now. I'm in the league. I'm a grown man. I don't care anymore. I'm not afraid of you, NCAA. And we need more people to stand up to the big, bad NCAA. The big, bad NCAA. We need more people to step on up and come out against the NCAA. Real quickly, going around the National Football League, Alden Smith arrested, suspected of a DUI. And and this is the second time he's had some issues uh, with that. He had some issues before, back back in January of 2012, he had some issues with this. Um, You know, Alden Smith was an ultra-talented player. But right now, you look at him, no matter how talented you are in Roger Goodell's NFL, if you if you can't keep yourself out of trouble, if you cannot keep yourself out of trouble in Roger Goodell's NFL, then you're, you become a liability on some level because you can't stay on the field because you're going to get suspended. And right now, these are just allegations at this point, but you, Alden Smith at this point seems he, he needs to get it together. He needs to get it together, arrested in 2012, DUI, suspicion of a DUI, charges later were reduced. He had a party. Someone was well, Actually, he was stabbed during a party at his own house. Recently, he was named in a lawsuit. Uh, apparently, somebody was shot during a party at his house, and we have what we he did today, uh, suspicion of DUI. I just hope this guy can get this right. I hope he can get this right because, again, ultra-talented, can do a lot of things on the football field. It's a big part of San Francisco's success over the past two seasons. I mean, he's a big part of what the 49ers do. Him and, and, and Justin Smith, the Smith brothers, they bring a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and that's a big part of what makes the San Francisco 49ers a successful football team. Alden Smith, but he's got to keep himself out of trouble, and thus far, he's not really doing a good job of that. But right now, right now, it's just suspicion. Maybe he can beat the Chargers, and maybe nothing will come of it. And maybe ultimately he will learn what he needs to learn and do what he needs to do to avoid the pitfalls that he and avoid some of the things that he's been going through over these past few years. I want to thank Christian Keys for stopping by. Make sure you go to his website, ChristianKeys.com. Follow him on Twitter at Christian Keys. Also want to thank Jacksonville Jaguars defensive and Jeremy Mincy. Support some of the great things Jeremy Mincy has going on. Also, I want to thank free agent wide receiver David Nelson. Make sure you go SuddenChangeChallenge.com. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgame where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great week. See you later. Take care. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.